I'm calling it now, Monday, May 29th, 2023, that this year is the year of princely Uman Mielin. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. Happy Memorial Day weekend. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And now we're talking about one, my favorite player on this football team. Two, the best player on this football team. It's Prince Lee Uman Mielin. Number 33 should be number one. If we're being if we're being honest, like if you gave Brenton Cox Jr. number one, you probably should give it to Prince Lee Uman Mielin because, well, number one means something here at the University of Florida. And that's what I'm saying. But we are going to talk about Prince Lee Uman Mielin because I truly think that this is going to be an elite year for him. Like this is going to be the year where He's going to have an awesome year, and then at the end of the season, we're going to go, where was he this whole time? And it's like literally right under your nose. It's like the flashes were always there. Skill set-wise, I will say that I think Princely doesn't get nearly enough credit that he deserves for his mixture of athleticism and length. And I don't mean that, that like, obviously, some of that's just you're you, like you can't control that like your length um athleticism to an extent but the way that he uses it and specifically just just how he uses them together is awesome like so, so we'll talk about that we're just like that's going to be a talking point for him just know from nfl teams next year that's going to be a thing you're going to hear in media talk about consistently it's just, just athleticism length things you can't really teach He's great at both of them. So that's an important part here. But I'm more talking about what he's going to bring to the table this year as an edge rusher. That's not his athleticism and his length. I'm talking about the things that you can work on, that you can develop, and that Princely is a dog with. Okay? Like, first off, spin move. Probably a top five spin move that we saw in college football last year period like number one is will mcdonald the fourth out of iowa state that was clear not even close best spin move i've ever seen from a draft prospect prince Leumon mielin gonna place himself up there i think this year like like the way that he could just trigger it real quick and he doesn't really have a sell for it that's the important part a lot of people can spin but a lot of people also sell that they're going to spin before they do it princely does not do that so that's what I love about like that. That's his most dominant pass rush move. It's what he likes to do, and it works consistently. You're gonna see that a lot on Saturdays. If you look at 33 on defense, you're gonna see that spin move come up. But you're also going to see the thing that Princely does that he does it against both the run and the pass, and I love that. And it's I think my favorite thing that he does just, just as an edge rusher, defensive lineman, whatever you want to classify him as, um, 
now an outside linebacker, according to his according to his Twitter profile. Um, but uh, I will say, yeah, the thing that he does that I love is is his counter. Like he sets up so frequently as if he's going to rush to the outside of the offensive tackle, or even if there's a tight end to like push a bit out. And he sets up so much just that up. Oh, he's going outside. He's, he's more of a finesse rusher. He's working outside. He's trying to get there. He doesn't want to get muddied in the middle. And so he works to the outside frequently. And then he just quickly works in. And I mean, you know, a lot of offensive tackle aren't quick. A lot of offensive tackles aren't quick enough to make that adjustment, but that's what he does that. I just absolutely love is just, he sells outside and then once it's time to shoot to the inside, he shoots to the inside. And it's not even really like he rips or, or swims or, or anything to get there. He kind of just like fakes you out and then cuts in real quick. And he does that so lethal, again, against both the run and the pass. And I know a lot of that is just like, hey, you need to play contain, so you're going to be on the outside. But just the fact that he can consistently at will shed to the inside is really impressive from him. And I'm sure if he does it even more often then maybe offensive tackles start to adjust to it, but just his counter is, is ridiculous. It's awesome. It's, it's sick to see. And I can't wait to see it again this fall. If he can add even just, just one more, like if he could add one more pass rush move to his repertoire, well, chef's kiss, like it's over. Like it, he's just, he's killing it. Just know that. Like, if you can add one more pass rush move to your repertoire, you're going to continue that breakout, Princely. Not that you're listening to this, but you're going to continue that breakout. Because, like, let, let's say it's a half spin. If you're a guy who already has a sick spin move and a sick counter, imagine what you can do with a half spin. Like, oh, like, you spin a lot? Well, I'm, I'm expecting the spin. Now, if you... Little, little fake it, you're going to kill offensive tackles with it. You're going to destroy them. Because, I mean, like, first of all, it kind of works with, now that I'm thinking about it, it actually works with the defensive, the defensive mindset of show the same thing pre-snap, but make it different after the play. Like where it's like, oh, well, we're, we're showing you too high every single time. It could be cover three, could be cover four, could be cover two, could be cover one, could be cover zero. Like it could be anything, but we're showing you too high the entire time. Like that, but a little bit after the snap where every time he's setting up to the outside, he's setting up to the outside, he starts the spin. Like if you start the spin and then you like fake it fully, then they're going to be expecting the spin. Like, like if you spin and you complete it and then the next rep you come back and you go half spin or fake spin, whatever you want to call it, and then attack, like you're going to destroy the offensive tackle because he's like, oh, he's just going to spin again. And then you fake spin. And then you can, you know, fake spin, half spin, whatever you want to call it. And if you do it to the outside, you can cut in and you can just destroy that with the counter. Like you can chain all of these moves together. If you just add one more to your repertoire, then you are a beast of a pass rusher, which I think he's going to be anyway, but everybody could get better, right? So I think that this is the year of Prince Liam Amiel, and just given his skill set, he's good against the run and the pass, which is something that you don't see frequently from defensive ends that are, you know, playing at, at 240 or whatever Prince Lee played at last year. I don't care what he was listed at, I care what he played at. 
which if that was 240, you don't see very good run defense from those guys. But he not only contained, but he would rush back in, and that that's something that you just you can teach, but like you gotta have it in you to do that, right? We're about to talk about his actual fit with this defensive scheme, which perfect segue, right? We just talked about him being similar to the scheme. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Getters is brought to you by Built Bar because, I mean, it's Memorial Day weekend. Like, this is when it's it's summer to me. I understand. But this, to me, is, okay, it's summer. Like, that. that's where we're at. And luckily, if you're trying to get in a little bit better shape or trying to maintain your shape, Built Bar is something that you can add to your plan where most bars have just 130 calories just four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and they're all coated in 100% chocolate. Now, also, you can get them in-store at your local uh, Sam's Club or Walmart, or you can go to builtorbuiltbar.com and get them online to get yourself that Built Bar. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're still talking about Princely because I'm, I'm telling you, like this is 2023 is the year of Princely Umam Yellen. And if you have an issue with it, you're wrong. I don't care. Like that that's the year that we're talking about. And it's great for me, I think, fitting into this defense for Princely because under Patrick Tony, it was, you know, not worse. I don't, I don't think it was worse. It just wasn't as aggressive where now it's a bit more aggressive and there's kind of two plans if you're an edge under Austin Armstrong, right? It's attack or drop into coverage. Like those are the plans. It's attack or drop. Princely can do both. We saw him do it in the spring game. It happened a bit. I think it was three of the first four defensive plays that he was on the field for. He dropped in the coverage, which was really interesting, odd, interesting. Um, but it, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. I'm curious to know what the plan is for his attack or drop percentage is what we'll call it, like how often he'll drop into coverage. Because last year, Austin Armstrong had Avery Habas as his as his jack linebacker, which is what Princely is going to be doing in 2023. Avery Habas dropped back into coverage on basically 20% of his past defense reps. It was like uh 19.6% of the time that he was on the field for a pass defense rep he was dropping back into coverage. So curious to see what happens there cuz first off it shouldn't it shouldn't be 20% for Princely. We'll talk a little bit about that a bit later on, but it should not be 20% for Princely. I am also curious to see last year Austin Armstrong put Avery Habas and all of his edge rushers really in good we'll say in good position to succeed by flipping them from the left side to the right side frequently. And I think the biggest selling point for that is that if you line up on the same side every single down, eventually offensive linemen are going to get used to your tendencies. Good offensive linemen are going to get, not used to your tendencies, but they're kind of going to know what to expect. Like it's like, oh, he spins every single pass rush rep, then they're going to just get in front of where you're going to spin to. And things like that, like they, they kind of build that, I don't even want to, like, 
they build that immunity to it, I guess we'll say, where they're like, oh, okay, they're going to spin, they're going to spin, they're going to spin, they're going to rip, they're going to, like, like they kind of get used to what you're going to do. But if you're constantly moving around, they don't get that time to consistently learn what you're doing, especially when it's not just, oh, I haven't seen Princely in a few snaps on the right side. So I, I wonder what he's doing. No, it's that I have to get used to what this person that I'm also now pass protecting against or run blocking against what they're doing. And you kind of have to learn and adjust and adapt. And as an offensive tackle, that's what we call hell. <laughs> it's as simple as that. That's what we call hell. And when you look at especially, because, you know, Princely, first of all, moving along the defensive line, which he'll probably stick to the outside for the huge majority of this, but... Being on that outside, flipping left and right, going to help his pass rush consistency. When you look at him dropping back every now and then, that's also going to help because now offensive linemen have to adjust to, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be in their stance, snap the ball, and they have to react to is he coming in or is he dropping back? Because even when he drops back, he's probably gonna take a step in and then drop back. And at that point, you're also just giving the offensive lineman fits and you can maybe cause a little bit of hesitation there and hesitation kills. It's as simple as like that. That hesitation will kill an offensive lineman and a quarterback and the running back. But also schematically, like Austin Armstrong is pretty much just like, Hey, I'm putting everything on the offensive line here because the blitz rate, we know it, it, they blitz 40% of the time. It's uh, eighth highest last year, I believe in blitz rate. And then you also just clog the line of scrimmage. Watch the spring game. Look at how many times Taraja Mitchell or Shamar James are up against the line of scrimmage and then drop back into coverage or rush the passer. Like clogging that line of scrimmage is going to create more one-on-one -on -one opportunities in space for your pass rushers. And now in modern day football, because it's 2023, the year of our princely Umani Allen, one-on-ones working in space is what you want. You want to get the ball to your running back and your receivers in space and let them work. Now you want to get your edge rushers and your defensive pass rushers in space and let them work in these one-on-ones. Like Princely should be expected to win a good deal of those, especially if he's lining up against some of these bigger offensive linemen that are in college that probably not going to be great in the NFL if they have... Like we often see, oh, this guy's a tackle in college, but he's going to be a guard in the NFL... We see that a lot. The reason for that oftentimes is that they don't have enough length. Princely has NFL length. So if you don't have the length to play tackle in the NFL, you don't have the length to play tackle against Princely Uman Mielin. So giving him those one-on-ones even more, chef's kiss, he's just going to cook even more. I will say this is not that there are no concerns here. Not that they're necessarily weaknesses in his game. Like obviously everyone has weaknesses. But these are more just concerns I have with maybe his role changing or his adjustment into the defense because this is the year he's going to be focused on as the primary rusher. For most of 2022, he wasn't thought of as the premier pass rusher of the Florida Gators. I mean... Really, for all of 2022, he wasn't thought of as the premier pass rusher of the Florida Gators. It was Britton Cox Jr. and Jervon Dexter. Whoever you wanted to call the premier pass rusher, you can call, but it was it was one of those two. Like no one going into 2022 
It's like, oh, who, who's the guy that offensive coordinators are going are gonna to game plan for? Nobody was going to be like, oh, Princely, obviously. No, they were going to say Trevon Dexter because he rushes like defensive tackles that shouldn't be able to rush the way he does. And Brendan Cox Jr. Because while well, everybody was like, oh, he's going to be a, an elite edge rusher here. Hmm. Not the case, though, was it? So Princely is going to be the primary rusher in 2023. I'm curious to see how opposing offenses game plan for that, how they work around it, and how he reacts to it. Because if you're rushing four, then guess what? There's five offensive linemen. They tend to not just sit and wait if they are not assigned to block somebody. They tend to pick up somebody else. If Princely is rushing and they only rush four, odds are he's going to be the one that gets double teamed at some point. So, Princely, you're going to have to deal with double teams. Whether it's the guard helping out on you, or the tackle, or the the tight end helping out on you, or the running back chipping you, no matter what it is, you're going to have to deal with double teams and and extra attention if you're Princely Umamiela. Could he deal with that? Maybe. Especially with his length, he could probably fight them off a little bit easier. But we'll see. And as far as, like, I just mentioned him dropping back into coverage, um, Avery Habas last year dropped into coverage on about 20% of his snaps with, with Southern Miss under Austin Armstrong, obviously now to the University of Florida. If Princely Uman Mielin is dropping back into coverage on 20% of his snaps, that's borderline malpractice. Okay? And this is not me saying... Princely can't drop back into coverage. This is not me saying Princely shouldn't drop back into coverage because of anything involving his talent not being good enough. This is me saying you have your premier pass rusher on roster. You have your guy who can genuinely pick up 10 to 12 sacks this year. He could. Like, I want to make he can pick up 10 to 12 sacks this year. That's something that he's capable of doing. You have a guy that can do that. If you're taking him out of those pass rush opportunities at 20% of his snaps, that's malpractice. He's got the potential to be an elite pass rusher, both like, like college and being a legitimate good NFL pass rusher. He's got that kind of potential. Let him rush the passer. It has nothing to do with whether or not he's good enough or not in coverage. It has to do with he's one hell of a pass rusher. Let him rush the passer. And I think another big thing is just the consistency over time. There were a few games last year where, not that he was, you know, invisible, but that he didn't make enough plays or he didn't even make great plays. You look at uh, LSU was a game where I don't know what the heck was going on with the defense or the offense for a good deal of it. But LSU was a game where like you would have hoped that he played better. Uh, Jaden Daniels legs did a good job for when he tried to make those uh, plays. And then he just wasn't getting pressured enough. And it was being able to make these open throws. The whole defensive line should perform better. But again, here we're talking about you have high expectations because we know how good you are here. So LSU, Vandy, everyone was bad. But again, as the guy who 
granted, in 2022, he wasn't the star player. But for 2023, like, you can't have a game like that where everyone is bad. If you're supposed to be the star player, you can't do that. Like, that's what makes you the star. You're consistently high play. Then, I mean, Tennessee probably should have made a bigger impact given their offense. Like, Brenton Cox Jr. made a few plays to create pressure. Javon Dexter had a couple. Chris McClellan had a couple. Like, Princely, don't get me wrong, he, he wasn't invisible. It's just, like, you would have hoped for a little bit more given their style of offense of, you know, we're going to run four verts a lot, vertical switch. We're going to do that stuff a lot. So we need time to be able to throw the ball. You should be able to hopefully impact that better, which just was not the case. Like, I want to see him show up week in, week out, and dominate. Like, produce against the pass for sure. Against the run would be great, would be awesome, but let's let's be honest, it's 2023. Passing is more important than running the football here, so you need to be able to get to the quarterback quickly. And again, I do think Princely can do that. Like, again, these are question marks, we'll say. Not necessarily, can he do that? Can he improve to do that? That's not what this is. These, these are the the, the question marks, these obstacles that are in the way for him becoming elite in 2023, which again, he will be. If you ask me, definitively, he will be. Thanks for bringing it Thank you. It is your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Locked on Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.